At Gospel Community Church, our mission is to know the Bible, share life with others, and bring hope to our city and the world. You're listening to the Gospel Community Church Sermons Podcast, where we go through books of the Bible, verse by verse and line by line, to hear the truth that God's Word has to encourage, discipline, and bless us in our daily lives. Good to see everyone here this morning. If you don't know me, I'm Greg Reed. I am the OG of GCC. Now that does not mean original gangster. In my way, it means the old guy. So I'm the old guy of GCC. I love the reading of the word and the reverence that you all hold for that word. Because that word is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it will divide our soul and our spirit. And, and it will separate our flesh from the spirit. And it will get us where we need to be with God. Sometimes we need some of our self removed so that we can be more spiritually minded. For the word of God tells us for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And how many of you can use a little life and peace in this world that we live in today? It is my honor and privilege to bring the Word of God to you today here at GCC. It is a tremendous privilege. It's something that's heavy on my heart. And I pray and I ask you to pray that God would use my lips and my voice to get His Word to the hearts of God's people. And we've all heard the saying that teamwork makes the dream work. And as Dovey was saying a while ago, and by the way, Dovey, I thought I was George's twin, not you. Maybe I missed that. But when we work together, there is nothing that we cannot accomplish for the glory of God and in the name of God. And we can work together and pull together, and we all can play a part in this. In reading the Word of God, Romans chapter 1 through 11, the theologians tell us that that's like a systematic theology from the ancient world. And then verse, chapters 12 through 15 are like a how to live a godly life in the world today. So if we take all of that and we look at chapter 12, the first eight verses, we see that God is doing something in the church at Rome and he's also doing something at the, in the church at Fayetteville. He's doing something in our lives. He's used us. I know that I am better off now than I was when I started at GCC years ago. Most of you feel like you are better off because of what God has done in your life as you've labored together in the field that GCC has plowed for us. And as we do that, we become more and more of a team. We become more and more of an army of God. And we see in, in the book of Ezekiel where he raised up an army of dry bones and caused them to be an exceeding great army. And God has caused some of us who were not active to be in. Some of us were drafted. Some of us enlisted. Some of us re-upped. And all of that because we saw the cause that God has and because God has called us into His service. We feel strongly that the Lord has placed us on a journey to find a permanent home for our church. 
a home claimed for the kingdom. The Word of God tells us that Abraham sojourned, and he sojourned in the land of promise. And I wanted to know what sojourned means, so I went and looked it up, and it says it's a temporary resident. So we as GCC have been temporary residents in this building that God has provided for us. Over 10 years ago, God laid it upon the heart of Pastor Kirk to plant the church here in Fayetteville. And in doing so, there were several people that felt they should join that army at that time. And for those of you that did that, we are very thankful. I was able to be one of them, and I'm thankful for your part and your contribution in this. But God pulled that up over 10 years ago and planted this church here. By faith, Abraham sojourned, and that means he's a temporary resident. It's kind of like a vacation home. You see, we don't belong here. We belong. We are citizens of another world. We are citizens of a kingdom where Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, and we are a part of that kingdom, and our king is still on the throne. He is still sovereign, and he is still omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. And I'm glad he's here with us this morning. We're praying and asking God that our new home find us. As Abraham sojourned, he would know when he got there that he was there where God wanted him to be. And as we sojourn right now, we are looking for a place. We are listening for the place that God has for us. And we are praying for the Holy Spirit to lead us, guide us, and direct us in all things that we would know and we would be obedient to what God calls us to do. We feel a great responsibility to quit taking kingdom dollars to pay rent or a lease monthly, but to invest it in a permanent legacy for the children in this room, for the children up there, and for the people that will follow after us here at GCC. We can proclaim the exceeding worth of Jesus Christ by sacrificing for the glory of the kingdom of God. Not only has God blessed our efforts, when we first came here, they said, we only have Friday nights available for you to have service. Any of y'all here when we had church on Friday nights? That's, that's been a minute. But it wasn't long after that that said, well, we weren't expecting a Sunday to come available, but we've had a time come open that you can move to Sunday. And so we said, hey, we're in. Let's move to Sunday. And it wasn't long after that that they said, well, you don't have to meet on Sunday evening anymore. You can meet on Sunday morning because God provided another way. And where there seems to be no way, God will always provide a way. And as we look at this MOVE campaign and we look at the legacy that we are preparing to pass on to the generation behind us, we can trust God to meet the need because He's met the need every time we've had a need in the past and He will meet the need every time we have a need in the future because that's the God we serve. Amen. Give Him a hand clap of praise. Not only has our God blessed us, He's saved lives, He's restored relationships, He's broken chains of addiction. He has set the captive free. 
He has changed people's lives because of the ministry He's called us to. Not because of us, but because of who we serve. And that is Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. His providential hand has sustained us over the past 10 years. Every time we had a need, the hand of God came down and met it. I love those two songs that we sang in in the early worship this morning and how they all pointed to and talked about the provision of God and the way God provided. And I believe, church, that we are standing on the brink of seeing God's hand move mightily, even more mightily than we have in the past 10 years. I believe we're going to see his hand provide just as he did in the Old Testament, just as he did in the New Testament. When there was a need, God met the need. Like I said, his providential hand has sustained us over the past 10 years and allowed us to worship at this location uninterrupted. I know a lot of church plants that have to move almost weekly. Some of them use schools and they have to move in and out every week. Some of them have to move from facility to facility because things change. But God saw fit in His providence to place us here over 10 years ago and leave us here to now. But we know in our spirit that He is fixing to move us. Everybody say move. Move. God wants us to move. God spoke to uh Moses, when he built the tabernacle, and there was a pillar of cloud over it by day and a pillar of fire by night. And when that cloud would move, God's people would move. And God is telling us now in the Spirit that it's time to get ready to move. We have a move in store for us, and God is providing and God will provide. I want to ask you a question this morning. As Christ followers, as people that love God, what are we willing to give up in order to leave a legacy for our children and for more people to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior through the ministry of GCC? What are we willing to set aside? We are uniquely blessed to have an extremely large children's ministry going on on the upper level. We have 40 to 50 kids up there almost weekly, maybe more. You heard Dovey talk about the torch program and the way God is ministering through the teenagers. We have got the tools. God is providing the place. I go to other churches and speak from time to time, and I'll tell you every church does not have the pitter-patter of little feet in the hallways. Churches in our own community do not have any children. I had a man tell me one time, we haven't had children in our church for 20 years. That's sad. I speak at a friend of mine's church in Forest Park occasionally. They have no children. The children that we have are a treasure, and we need to prepare to leave them a mighty legacy. And the only way we can do that is through our obedient giving and our faithfulness to God. We know that in order to do this, we needed a body of believers that was on fire for Jesus. And as I look over you, I see people that are on fire for God. I thank God for the fire that I see in your lives, for I 
what I see. And yeah, as the OG here at GCC, you inspire me. You inspire me to come back. You inspire me to do more. You inspire me to know more. You inspire me to know the Bible, to share life with others, and to bring hope to others because of who you are in Christ. And I thank God for you. We've been on this journey of raising funds now for a little over a year. So far we've raised a little over $50,000, and I think that's fantastic. We started out with Change Roundup, you know, just a few cents here and there added to your credit or debit card, and it accumulated. And then we did the pictures, and then we did the resurrection offering. And the way that you all blew us away with the way you gave in the resurrection offering for this cause to move and leave a legacy for our kids, let us know that you are ready for a building program. As you know, God doesn't need our money. In Psalm 50, David tells us he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. My grandpa said and he owns all the taters in the hills too. He owns it all. It all belongs to him. He is sovereign and it is all his. Everything that I think is mine is his. Everything that you have, you have because God blessed you with it. And I'll also say everything you don't have, you don't have because God's blessed you in that way. In this world, He provides a way. He's uniquely blessed each and every one of us with a certain amount to steward while we are on this earth. R.C. Sproul tells us that stewardship, fundamentally, stewardship is about exercising our God-given dominion over His creation, reflecting the image of our Creator, God, in His care, responsibility, maintenance, protection, and beautification of His creation because it all belongs to him yeah the cattle on the hills yeah the taters in the hills and all the people that are in this community are his and i'm telling you god wants us to reach them and that's why we are here on this mission noah built an ark and god provided everything he needed for the ark Moses built a tabernacle and it was called a tent of meeting. And God provided everything that he needed for the construction of the tabernacle. It, he provided so much in that offering that Moses had to tell the people to stop bringing. Because God provided and God provides through obedience hearts of obedient people that are obedient to the call of Christ. If God will provide a ram for Abraham to sacrifice so he didn't have to slay his son in obedience, God will provide a place for us and God will provide the funds for us to do what God has called us to do. Somebody say amen. Now let's move into the text. Did I say that right, Kirk? Okay. Now let's move into the text. Are you all ready? 
Romans 12, 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. A metaphor. He uses a metaphor here. A metaphor is a word picture. What do you see when you see living sacrifice? I did a lot of studying in the Old Testament, and I learned that all the sacrifices that they made were dead. But in the New Testament, God wants you and I to be a living sacrifice. He wants us to be active in our sacrificing, not dead. He doesn't want us to lay on the altar dormant and sit still. He wants us to move for Him. And when we do that, my friend, we've got to be obedient because I think that a living sacrifice is much more beneficial than a dead sacrifice. Now, we have met Christ. We have laid our sins upon Him and laid them at His feet, and He washed our sins away with His blood if you're a Christ follower. And if you're not, I encourage you to do so today. It'll be the best decision you ever made in your life. But Christ called you to be a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Active about what God would have you do. He says, a living sacrifice is holy. Holiness is a condition of the heart. Holiness is not how long you wear your dresses, how high you stack your hair, or how long you wear your sleeves. Holiness is how, how pure your motives are. Holiness is how pure your intentions are. And holiness is how pure your obedience is. I used to have one of the boys take out the trash at home. And you know, sometimes they would run over and get it and take it out and everything was fine. They'd be laughing and carry it on. And sometimes they would go get it and they'd slam it on the ground. They'd drag it through the house. They'd sling the door open and it'd bounce back. I, some of y'all must have kids like that. Reluctance, obedience. Rebellious, obedience. Thank God they don't do that anymore. Sure, I did it. All of us at some point have been reluctantly obedient. Even when God asks us to do something. Sometimes God asks us to do something we really aren't comfortable with. I'm sure Abraham, when he walked up that mountain and he left his people behind and he said, me and the boy are going to the mountain and we'll be back. I'm sure he wasn't comfortable because at that time he still thought Isaac was to be laid on the altar, a dead sacrifice. But when they got up there, Isaac asked Abraham, what are we going to do? He said, God will provide. And about that time he heard a ram bleeding in the thicket, bleating, not bleeding. And he went over and he took the ram and he laid it up there. Why? Because God provided. When there didn't seem to be a way, God provided. Every one of you in here that have been a Christ follower for any length of time at all can de define a time when God provided when there didn't seem to be any way. God has provided for me more times. I could tell you more stories that God provided for me when there didn't seem to be a way. I'll tell you one time, a long time ago, 
I had $2 in my pocket and I went to a revival meeting. Do you all remember when we had revival meetings? And the Lord laid on my heart to give that $2, but I knew I had to get milk on the way home for my children. I went down and I gave the $2 in the offering, and before I made it back to my pew, that's when we had pews, not chairs, people stopped me and handed me more than $4 just because of my obedience. I'm not telling you that you are going to get rich and prosper and run out and buy a lottery ticket because God's going to smile on you. What I'm telling you is let your heart be holy so your motives can be holy, so your obedience can be pure, so that God can use your obedience to provide a way for someone else. And I'll tell you this, when you obey God, you make God real to other people. Because somebody gave. I got to hear the message of Jesus Christ and Him crucified and resurrected that I might find Him and have life more abundantly. And when you give, you make a way for others to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ that He gave His life in your place for your sin, died the death you should die, and came back out of the grave because it wouldn't have been complete if God had left him there. He brought him back. And God has called you. And God has introduced you to Jesus. So when you obey, when you give obediently through this MOVE campaign, when you leave a legacy for the children that follow after us, my friend, you are making God real to other people. You are making God real to other people that aren't even here yet. God's got people in this community that He wants here. And He will work through you and I to get them here. And He will work through our giving to get them here. Verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Now, I don't do a lot of perfect work in my life. I have done a little bit of good work. I have done some acceptable work. But God wants us to do what is good. And He said what is good and acceptable and perfect. When God is the center of it, it will be all of that. It will be good, it will be acceptable, and it will be perfect. We were not made to blend into the world or to conform to the culture. We were made to stand out. God has a people. Psalm 4 and 3 says, But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for Himself. The Lord hears when I call to Him. David said that in the Old Testament. And then Paul said in Romans to, for us to be transformed. In 1 Peter 2 and 9, he says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the 
excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. I'm glad that I no longer walk in darkness, but I walk in the light of Jesus Christ. For his word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. And he guides us because the word of God tells us that he directs the steps of the good. And if we are doing what God called us to do, my friend, we are good and God will direct our steps. God will transform you. He'll transform you from someone that wants to keep everything for yourself to someone that wants to give. We all here have a common goal that we need to know the Bible. David said, Your word have I hid in my heart that I shall not sin against you. The Bible. We need the Word of God in our life. We have a common goal to know the Bible. We have a common goal to share life with others. That's why we are all here this morning, because we share with one another. These are my people. These are my people, and I enjoy being around them. I enjoy visiting and talking with you, and we share life with others, but it's not only through the good times. We're here to help each other through the bad times. I've had a couple of bad times in my life, and it was the people that God put around me that got me through those bad times. Anybody else had a bad time God got you through because of people He put around you? And we will share life with others for that reason. And we have that common goal of bringing hope to Fayetteville and the world. I've been in downtown Fayetteville on times other than Sunday. And Fayetteville needs hope. This world needs hope. And the way we bring hope is by being in Christ. Putting ourselves in Christ and letting Christ use us because we know the Bible. Because we share life with others. And because we want to bring hope to this world. This move campaign will bring hope. It'll provide a place for us to let others come in for times of refreshing. It'll provide a place so that other people can meet Jesus Christ just like you have. I am so much better off now than I was when Jesus called me. Jesus found me. I was lost. Paul says in another place, I was dead in my trespasses and sin, but God called me. Most of you can verify that you're better off now than you were when Christ found you. And move will bring that hope to the world. And because of that, we need to live here like we belong there. We need to live in this life. We are sojourners. We're just passing through. This world is temporary. But what we're building on is eternal. Someone said, life is short, you ought to be happy. I'm telling you, eternity is long, you need to be prepared. You need to be ready. And by doing this and contributing to this MOVE campaign and leaving a legacy for those behind us, we can take that hope to them and they can be prepared because Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And they can find Him because of the legacy we leave behind. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3. 
It says, For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord. I know the Bible teaches us that it's more blessed to give than to receive. For a long time I didn't understand that. My dad worked for a cabinet maker in Peoria, Illinois. And it was almost Christmas time. And the boss called him in. He thought, well, maybe I'll get a bonus. And the boss said, you know, the book tells us it's more blessed to give than to receive. He said, yes, sir. The guy said, well, I'm just going to let you all give this year because you're not going to receive anything from me. He took that verse and twisted it around. But when you give, then you get to be a partaker of the harvest. You get to be a partaker of the harvest of souls. And the scripture tells us that the, the labors are few, but the harvest is plenteous. You don't have to go very far to see people that need Jesus. And we can provide for them by getting involved in this move campaign, contributing and praying that we, each and every individual, are obedient to what God wants us to do. Everyone. Verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought, ought to think but to be with but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God assigned me how much should you give i don't know i can't tell you how much you should give really it's none of my business some of you mathematicians will sit down and say okay we're going to try to raise a half million dollars and we divide that out and that comes up to $1,000 a piece or $10,000 a piece or 20000 But it's not about everyone giving equally. It's about everyone giving obediently. He said, and they gave according to their means, and some gave beyond their means of their own accord. God will lay a, an amount on some of y'all's hearts that you're thinking, is greater than it should be. But God knows what He has in store. We're talking about the same God that sent fishermen out when it was tax time and they reeled in a fish with gold in His mouth. We're talking about people that were leaving Egypt and the Egyptians gave them so much that they couldn't carry it all. And it was everything that was needed to build the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. We're talking about a God that will use obedient hearts to make a way for a people that have not found Him yet. God wants to use you. We don't need to worry about what anybody else is doing. We just need to worry about, is Greg obedient? Is self-obedient. Am I obedient to what God wants me to give? God moved on me last week to give something and sow it into the life of someone. 
And I told them, I can't get up here and speak on obedience if I'm not obedient. And I had to do that. And I loved doing that. And I loved the joy that I saw that it brought when I was obedient. And you can partake in that joy when you sow into this campaign and let God use your obedience to bless others. Because when you're obedient to God, you make God real to other people. Amen. Where was I at? Verse 4. For as in one body we have many members. And the members do not all have the same function. We're all blessed differently. I guarantee you if you looked at everybody's checkbook in here, none of them would be the same. Mine would be very unkept. That's why God gave me a wife like he did because he knew she could straighten it out. But none of us would have the same balance. We all have different means. We all have different incomes. We all have different responsibilities and children's to, children to raise and grandkids to provide for. And that's why God uses us individually. Because we are all different. And the church has many members. And the members do not all have the same function. But we are one body. One body. I've often thought as I preached through almost 50 years, if we would concentrate on what we have in common and then not in concentrating on our differences, what we could do for the glory of God. If the Baptists and the Methodists and the Presbyterians and the Pentecostals and the Episcopalians and everyone that believes Jesus Christ is Lord would concentrate on what they have in common, what could we do for the glory of God? We're not worried about who gets credit for it because there's only one that's worthy of the glory and that's Jesus Christ. There's only one that's able to reach out and draw on the heart of a sinner, and that's Jesus Christ. But he uses everyone in the body. Verse 5. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. The members of the body of Christ all have a different purpose. So what I can give according to my means or beyond my means is different than what you can do and what you can give according to your means and beyond your means. And you can do that by obedience to the glory of God. Like I said, we all have one common goal. Let's concentrate on our likenesses and not about our differences. It doesn't matter what anyone else gives. What matters is that we give obediently. And when we give obediently, God provides a way. It takes sacrifice. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, talking about Jesus. Jesus says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. And follow me. 
For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Deny yourself. It's okay to tell yourself no. Man, it's quiet in here. It's okay to tell yourself no. It's okay to sacrifice, living sacrifice, that $5 cup of coffee you like to get. It's okay to cancel some of those streaming services. Somebody say, oh me. It's okay to not get that new toy you wanted and don't act like you don't have toys because all of us have toys. Us boys have big boy toys. You girls have big girl toys. I shouldn't have said big, but you know what I mean. It's okay to tell yourself no. If you're going to follow Christ, you have to deny yourself. So we have to deny ourselves. Tell yourself no. But by saying no to yourself, you're saying yes to God's legacy for the children that are up there and the people that have not yet come in through those doors. Romans 12, 6 through 8 kind of sums up this chapter to me. I'm going to read through these last three verses. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if, if prophecy in proportion to our faith. If service in our serving, to the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity. Everybody say generosity. In generosity. The one who leads with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. John Piper said it this way. I like John Piper. Quite an inspiration. He said, our purpose is to give in such a way that it makes the generosity of God look like what it really is and God gets the glory for it. Think about that. Our purpose is to give in such a way that it makes the generosity of God Look like what it really is. Has God been generous to you? What's He given you? Now let's give. Because He tells us freely you have received, freely give. Now it's time for me to move on to the application. I'm trying to do this right. The application. We have the opportunity to give to a cause that changes lives. It's changed my life. It's changed your life or you wouldn't be here. It's changed our children's life. I love getting with those kids and saying, what would you learn in your lesson this morning? And they begin telling me about the way they saw Jesus in their lesson. If you haven't tried it, try it. It will bless your heart. We get the opportunity to give to a cause that changes lives forever. Not just here, but forever. In eternity, lives will 
experience eternity with Christ because you give obediently. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 7 and 8. The point is this, Paul says, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart and not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Isn't that beautiful? God is sufficient. God is more than enough. God will not ask you to give more than He will provide for you to give. And it flows through your hands. And God trusts you with that because of that. I love that phrase, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. I heard a man say one time, he does love a cheerful giver, but he'll take money from any old grouch. Don't be the old grouch. Be cheerful in your giving. Every time you give to this campaign, you are planting a seed. Probably 20-something years ago, yeah, at least 20-something years ago, my wife and I felt specifically that we needed to plant a need for our kids. For our kids. It seemed like more than we should do. But God kept urging us both to plant that seed. And today, our children are serving God, working actively for the glory of God. And every time I think of the seed we planted, I praise God for the harvest, not because of me, but because God gave me the seed. God provided the seed. The Word says He gives seed to the sower. He gives you seed. Put it in good ground. Plant a legacy for those that follow us. What are you willing to give up for more people to come to faith in Christ and to leave that legacy? David said in Psalm 37 and 25, I've been young and now I'm old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed beg for bread. I'm old. Next week I'm going to be 70 years old. I'm thankful I made it this far. There was a lot of times I didn't think I would. The way I lived, I probably shouldn't have. But God. I've never seen God forsake me. I've seen Him provide ways when I wouldn't have justified it, but God did. God provided a way. He's provided for me in ways that you cannot imagine. And He's provided for you. Clean off your spiritual glasses and look back because the way, the best way to predict what God is going to do in the future is to look at what He's done in the past. There's been more than one time they said I was dead. 
There's been more than one time we didn't have enough food in the cupboard. There's been more than one time I didn't have a good enough vehicle to drive. But every time God provided a way. Every time. And God will provide for you when you give obediently. I want to challenge you one more thing in this application. I know Kirk usually don't go this long in application, but I'm the dad. If you can achieve what's on your heart to give by yourself, it probably isn't God telling you. Because when God spoke to Moses to build the tabernacle, he didn't have any way to do it. But he obeyed, and God did, and God built the tabernacle. And the entire tabernacle is a picture of Christ. When God told Noah to build the ark, he didn't have it figured out. But God provided everything he needed, even filled it up, and God shut the door. And if God lays it on your heart, I challenge you to be obedient. It's not a competition. In Christ, we all win. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm thankful for the people that are here, for the way they inspire me, God, and the way they are obedient to you. Speak to their hearts. Touch their lives. Bless them, Lord. Encourage them, Lord. Use them, Lord, for your glory in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share the contents of this podcast, but please do not alter it in any way without permission. Please like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook or iTunes. Visit gospelcc.com for more content like this. At Gospel Community Church, our mission is to know the Bible, share life with others, and bring hope to our city and the world. Thanks again and have a blessed day.